Oh, hey there. This is Mike Somerville with Tapestry of Grace, and you're listening to the real Kathy Lee. Live, on the road, with us, in Texas. Hey, you're listening to The Real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom sessions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh, maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you've got this. Okay, so welcome to episode four of The Real Kathy Lee. We should title this one, um, What Second Generation Homeschoolers Have to Say is Their Parenting. Does that work for a title? Works good. Works good with you guys. Okay. Mistakes we've made along the way. Mistakes we've made. Mistakes we're making. So here's the thing. I have the coolest people here. One of the great things about traveling, and speaking of traveling, we are all sitting in the Fort Worth Convention Center right now at the Great Homeschool Conventions. And um, so if you hear some background noise, that's what it is parents trying to calm their little kids and just general noise. But we are here. One of the best parts about traveling is that we get to meet the coolest people. Leslie and I are so fortunate. And a couple years back, I'll never forget, in Greenville, South Carolina, these three beautiful girls show up and with their grandfather. And I fell in love instantly, I think. And then I met their parents. And I think I fell instantly in love with them as well. So you guys are in for a treat as we have Michael and Jessica Somerville here. I am going to let them introduce themselves. They are with Tapestry of Grace. They both were homeschooled. And they are now homeschooling their three lovely daughters. And guess what? They're still not perfect. And isn't that what we're talking about in every episode of this podcast is, you know what? Even through the mistakes, God is there. Even through the mistakes, God's growing beautiful children into amazing adults. And so they're going to share their story. I'm just going to be here to kind of oversee it, but I'm going to really turn it over to them. So Michael, introduce yourself. Tell us about you, your lovely, lovely bride. And we're just going to go from there. You in? We're in. So thanks, Kathy. Yep. Well, Jessica and I have been homeschooling our three daughters, who are now nine, seven, and five, uh, for the last five years or so. Somehow as a parent, it's always easier to talk about my kids than about myself, right? (laughs) Right. Or about my wife. So I'll tell you a little bit about Jessica, and then maybe she can tell you guys about me. So Jessica is amazing, and she and I met uh, through church, you know, about... Oh, well, we've known each other for a lot longer than that, but we started going out uh, roughly 12 years ago. Are we up to 13 now? I don't know. We always time it with the Super Bowl. So we started going out the day after the Super Bowl. and uh, We are not talking about the Super Bowl this year, so don't even bring that up. We were very out of, happy with out of respect for you. We will Thank we will you. not Moving rub it in. We will not rub it in. Okay, let's go. Um, but we uh, we started dating after that and dated for. Uh, uh, we dated for about seven months, and then we're engaged for nine. It felt like a long, long time. So we finally got <laughs> married in, uh, in June 2006, and so we were still going strong. So we celebrated 10 years last year, and we're going for 20, going for 50, <laughs> going for it. more than that. Absolutely. Exactly. So we're taking it one stage at a time, and that's kind of been our approach to homeschool as well, is to set goals that are in, taking us in the right direction, but not, not to overdrive our headlights, as you say, mm-hmm. you know, because the the journey, it's it's like a road, and it's got bends and twists in it, and we don't know the end at the beginning, so we just want to take it one day at a time and, you know, drive the next step in the in the strength that God provides. So Jess is our, our rock star around our home. She's the one who is uh, is homeschooling our girls on a day-to-day basis and uh, and keeping the rest of us sane and keeps the home running while we're doing that. So Okay, so Jessica, your turn. 
you share about your man so they can get to All right, that. about my man. So we were both homeschooled um, from kindergarten all the way through high school. Um, loved it. We both had a really good experience. Um, Mike, I would call an uh, education Lego nerd. I was the nerd. If we had met in college, we probably wouldn't have gotten along. Probably not, because he studied really well, and I was prone to skip classes if I could still get a good grade. <laughs> She's a pragmatist. <laughs> um, I feel like we work well together. Mike is by far the passion homeschooler. He knows how to just bring the stories to life for our kids. I am much more the practical. We need to get all this done, and I'll do whatever it takes to get the work done. Sometimes missing the joy and passion and delight for our kids, and Mike keeps having to bring me back. And Kathy, honestly, has been a huge help in that and just bringing the remember to delight in what your kids delight in yeah, and let yes. their yeah. yeah say yes was huge for me when I realized you know I was saying no a lot when we first met Kathy and Leslie um, just that when the kids wanted to read they would read we had uh, I realized I wasn't reading aloud to the kids enough and with the say yes I started pulling out books because if they asked I would say yes and so then we started reading a lot more because of you just kind of encouraging that drop. So thank you. Drop. Oh, so thank I you. love that. Yep. You know, I think reading is one of the things that should be natural. I always tell people it's a lot like potty training. That if you will, <laughs> really, though, think about how many people you hear so say. So many things are like potty training. Uh, so many <laughs> things are like potty training, yes. But if you will just really kind of introduce them. Driving a car, when, it's like potty training. Okay, okay, <laughs> we digress. This is the trouble we get in when we're together. Okay, let me finish this thought. Then back to you. So potty training. So many times I'll meet parents to go, hey, I think my kid's ready to be potty trained because, you know, they're playing in the toilet or something, or, <laughs> and they're not ready. They're like 10 months old. Typically, kids are ready to be potty trained about three. I've never sent a kid off to college in diapers. Yeah. So I yep. say that with, with reading. If you will wait until your kid's ready, it really can be a weekend kind of thing. You are priming them, and at about seven, yep. the brain is ready to receive it with ease. So you can start it at three. Some kids actually can do it at four and five, but if you wanted, the longer you wait, the easier it is. So you yeah. You read to them. You help tell stories. You write stories. You do all these beautiful things. So I'm glad you're doing that. So the cool thing about this couple, they travel, and not only are they with this amazing company, Tapestry of Grace, and I want Michael to tell you about that. Michael speaks a lot. Jessica apparently does not join him, although she is a talker when we're just together. So I I'm love not sure. to talk to the homeschool moms one-on-one, but <laughs> actually getting up in front of a crowd is not what I like to do. So this is great. You guys get to hear Jessica because normally she's a little bit quieter in the group. So she has no idea there's going to be millions of you listening. So one thing Michael talked about this year. Actually, Michael, you tell him. You tell him about this new talk that you gave and kind of why you decided to write it. Yeah, so this year we we did a talk for the first time, and we really love it. Uh, the, The talk is called Seven Lessons That We Learned in the First Four Years. Because we are still very early in our journey. You are of very homeschooling. young. We're, I mean, yes. <laughs> I'm working on that. Give me time okay. and I'll take care of that. But, but we're still very early in our journey. And we know for ourselves it was so encouraging to have voices uh, and people speaking to us who were just a little bit further down the road than we were. Mm. We love our parents. And I, you know, huge props to our parents. They've been some of our best counselors. They've been sounding boards and touch points. Um, But sometimes what we're struggling with has been lumped in with them into lessons that came even further down the road than when we are now. And Mm -hmm. so having the perspective of, I just finished that, let me share with you what I learned as I was just getting through that. There's a timeliness to it that sometimes can get get lumped in with lessons that we're not quite ready for yet. So Mm -hmm. for the seven lessons from the first four years, we really wanted to focus in on those those first couple of years, the mistakes we made, the, the sense of, I have 
no idea what I'm doing. You know, we wanted to share about that before we kind of forgot it and got too burned into, oh, yeah, everything's easy now. I love that you're doing that. And I think it's so interesting because we assume that because you were homeschooled and this has been your life, your mom has written amazing books on the subject, that you guys just are going to be rock stars from the get-go, that there will be no mistakes, this perfection. I think we're so hung up in perfection, right? And so one of the reasons I want to do this podcast is just to tell people, you know what? We're imperfect. And and perfection is not the goal. Faithfulness is the goal. Love it. Um, So, and that's what this talk starts up. So when when we get into it, one of the first things I tell people is, you know, whether you're coming from a homeschool background, whether you're second generation, or whether you're just getting into it, first I say, anyone who's getting into this from the start, you're my heroes, personally, Mm. because for Jessica and I, you know, honestly, it's fairly easy. We have a picture in our heads of what a homeschool day looks like. Yes. You know, we kind of understand how this is all going to work together and how we're going to go from zero to 60 over time. But for someone who's, who's coming to it from a completely different educational background, you know, that you guys are the ones kind of taking the leap of faith. And so folks who are doing that are my heroes. And anyway, so in the, in the thing I say, we, we would assume maybe that like you said, we are going to be rock stars from the start. Yeah. But it's a steep learning curve. Going from being a student to running a school and being a teacher and actually having a school, starting a school in your own home and, and doing that day in and day out, I don't care who you are. It's a steep learning curve. Yes. So, yeah, so we just we noodled out some of these lessons that, you know, as we were putting them together, I think, babe, at, at times we said, these are so obvious uh, or, or right. these are so simple, but I think, I think they're still helpful. And sometimes, you know, you got to restate the obvious. They're simple, but we had to learn them. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's, for time's sake, we're going to burn through them because you have seven. That's a lot of lessons you've <laughs> already do. learned in four years. We do. So I'm going to just shout them out. Then I want you to talk about it a little more sure. and spell it out for them just a little bit. Yeah. And hopefully they're going to all believe that they, too, can do this. Absolutely. You guys are going to teach them there. Okay, so the first one you say, set a shared, quote, flexible vision. What do you mean? Right. So setting a vision is really important. Uh, as you know, if you don't know where you're going, you might wind up somewhere else. And setting... Yes. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yep. So this is the whole shoot for the stars, land in the treetops line of thinking. It's, okay. it's important to begin with the end in mind. And so it's important to have some idea of where you're going, especially when you're talking about homeschool, where you've got so many different competing voices, you've got so many different approaches to education. Are you a whole book person? Are you a classical person? Are you an unschooler? Are you a textbook person? Are you a Christian person? Whatever it might be. So getting this part is is, is a two-part lesson. First is you've got to get some kind of a sense of the map of the landscape. And that just involves asking questions and reading books and doing your homework to figure out what's out there. Yeah. Then once you have a map, it's about saying, okay, we are here and we want to get there. Okay. So, and being on the same page about that, saying in our homeschool, what matters to us is getting there. So for us in the first few years, that looked like we're going to focus on the three R's while our kids are young. We said we want to homeschool through elementary school. We're not promising to homeschool them for the rest of their lives always. We said we're going to reevaluate every year, every child. Perfect. Um, And so we set simple goals that gave us direction, kind of told us what we could ignore, and gave us a next step when we would reevaluate. I love that you say that. What's so funny is when I first started, I was diehard, right? We are going to only homeschool. I'm going to be their only teacher forever. And boy, has that changed, right? And so now, years into this, I'm 20 plus years, I will say, you know, every year is a different year. Just in math alone, we have used Saxon, we have used Bob Jones, we have used Matthew C. We have used so many different, just math curriculums with different children. 
So I think it's so important that your vision is flexible. That's probably my favorite thing about that is because, you know what, we don't know where our children are going to be next year. We don't know where we are going to be. We've had adoptions thrown in there. We've had building homes thrown in there. So many things that have come in that has changed even. I mean, our vision, our basic vision has been the same. We wanted to homeschool because we wanted to be the most powerful voice Mm -hmm. in their education and in their just who they were. Mm -hmm. And so that was our main foundation for it. But as far as the rest of it, that's kind of been adjusted all throughout the years. So what do you have on that, Jessica? Well, and I would just say another really important part is that it needs to be shared. So we had many conversations Ah, of what do we believe, do we agree? And probably the most helpful thing was it was very easy for me to say, oh, well, I want to do these curriculums and we'll go off and do it. And Mike would say, well, why? Let's think about the why behind it. And then when I'd be discouraged and everything's failing and falling apart in, you know, my mind because one day went badly. He would just remind me, well, what are our goals? And we're accomplishing our goals, so let's not measure it by the one day when everyone's having bad attitudes. Right. I love that. And you know what I always tell parents? Parenting and homeschooling is a marathon. It is not a sprint. Absolutely. And that's that our lesson number two. Oh, yes. go on. Lesson yep. number two. It's so, all you. So lesson number two is don't panic. Uh-huh. <laughs> Period. Nice. Full stop. Yeah. Don't panic. And, that's powerful. And, and it, 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 you know, uh, growing up, Listen, I, I read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and the, uh, the <laughs> cover of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a big, bright, cheerful, don't panic. And so they go on these zany adventures through the entire galaxy, and, and the craziest things happen, and the, their, their touchstone throughout the whole thing is this book that says, don't panic on it every time. And you think to yourself, why do I need to tell myself that? And the reason is, there's a lot to panic about, people. <laughs> you, do you realize that you just said that you can teach your child better than a multi-billion dollar industry that wow. involves professionals, that involves you know massive amounts of infrastructure, that involves the best minds of generations working on how your child needs to learn, or so they'll tell you. You just say to them, nope, thanks, I got this. Yeah. You know, there's that might an audacity be cause for a little bit of, yeah. And, and, and when you look at the, when you look at everything that can potentially go into homeschool, I think you'd be a little nuts not to start to, you know, hyperventilate a little bit. Yeah. But again, you know, that fear, that worry robs you of the joy of living in the present, oh. you know, to, to fixate on the future and what's going to happen when they got to do high school chemistry. And I don't know how to teach them high school chemistry. Yes. Robs you of the joy of sitting on the couch with your little guy or gal snuggled up, you know, looking at pictures and yeah. then going off and dressing up like, you know, princesses and doing knights and castles. With I them. have so many parents come into our booth at these conferences <clears throat> that say, what's your academic focus of your curriculum? Joy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, and, and what's your purpose? Yeah. And I tell you, I see, I see where they're coming. They're all the way down. Well, what is my child? How are they going to make mm-hmm. a living? Yeah. You know, how, what's going to happen to them? How are they going to take care of me when I, when I need sure. them to? Yeah. What are they going to become? How are you going to help them be whatever it is I envision they're going to be. And and they don't. They skip all the way yeah. through what's going on right now. And what's going on right now is your Emma always go back to her and her turquoise story. Yeah. Those moments of yeah. now of I'm so focused on I love the color turquoise and I just want to get this water bead the color turquoise and there is yeah. nothing else more yeah. important in this moment than that water bead becoming turquoise. And That's I will right. carry around for the next three hours. That's right. It's my turquoise, it's my water, turquoise bead. water bead. That's right. And I tell you, we could have skipped right over that beautiful yep. moment because what did that mean to us? Nothing. Yeah. Yep. But in that moment for Emma, <laughs> her face yep. was pure joy. Yeah. And, and there's a wonderful thought. I can't I can't cite it properly, but 
the thought goes something like this. You know, the, the, the enemy wants us to live in the past or the future. Yes. And it wants us to live in the past with our mistakes yeah. or in the future with our fears. But the present is where God is. Yeah. Here with us right now. Chills all over as you say that. Because that's, isn't that right? Yeah. That's beautiful. So and it yeah. is a marathon, not a sprint. You know, we like to, just to give some factual accuracy behind that, your standard adult could probably learn everything that your high school senior learns in four years. Yes. Okay? So an adult could probably learn 12 years worth of content in four years. Yeah. We have 12 years to teach it to them. Yes. Yeah. So there is time to let them play time. with the water beads. And there's time to enjoy that, and we will get there. And not only is there time, that is the very food that our brain needs for nourishment in those early years. It is playing with the water beads that will help them do high-level math later. It is purposeful play. It is not empty play. It is the very thing that is required to lay that necessary brain structure. All right, moving on, because this is going to be a three-hour podcast, (laughs) so we're going to get in trouble. All right, so you have number three, make the right curriculum choices. Yes. Oh, well, tell us about about that author of curriculum well exactly (laughs) is this a commercial are we taking our first commercial break well the first the first question i ask is so guys as as i'm going through this talk if you think that the lesson here the takeaway is by my curriculum wrong excellent (laughs) that's that's not the point and the point isn't even by one curriculum or another Mm. the point especially in the first few years and again these are lessons that we learned right Uh and i should have said at the outset and maybe you can splice it back in these are not meant to be normative or prescriptive. Hmm. We're not saying we're normal. We're not saying we did it right. These I are think just, they've already decided we're not normal. These are just <laughs> lessons that we learned along the way right. um, that we're happy to share for encouragement. And don't you think like that. that's what we all want? That we just yeah. want to hear from somebody who's been there or is right. going through it right now. Yeah. That you know gives us the best information, and that is the best advice, I think. Exactly. So when it comes to making the right curriculum choices in the first few years, what we found is expect churn. Give yourself the flexibility to learn from the curriculum choices that you mm-hmm. make. Um, plan on l- making mistakes and learning from those mistakes. And I speak a word directly to dads and I say, guys, you know, from my perspective at times, it felt like my wife was bringing back a different reading program every other week. I'm still not fully settled she, on anything. <laughs> she doesn't agree with my perception, but for, my perception was that. She kept coming up to me saying, I, I want to buy this reading program. I'm like, don't we already have a reading program? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I let her run with it because, you know, for, for our wives, they're learning a new craft. You know, when you're a young teacher, you're learning a new trade, a new discipline, and you don't know yet what you like or what you don't like. Mm-hmm. And she has assured me, by the way, that since then, she's used just about everything she got with at least one or the other of our kids. So right. I think it hasn't been wasted here. But the lesson for making the right curriculum choices is, you know, choose things that are going to help you learn and expect expect that turnover and expect that churn in those first few years. Yes. Well, and I would just add that not only is there churn and are you learning how you teach, you're learning how your kids learn. Right. So some of the churn was our first daughter, this curriculum was perfect for her. And for our second, it was the worst thing you could have picked. So a lot of that is finding not only do I have to figure out what I like, but I had to figure out what my kids learn best through. So some of the churn ended up, I need to switch that math curriculum because the first one really makes her feel dumb. And the second one, she's like, oh, I love math. Yes. Well, it's kind of like, you know, I think with your three little girls, it's kind of like their outfits, right? I I think of them and they all dress a little bit, you know, differently, Uh, right? Yes. Nora might pick one outfit and Emma's like, no, 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 I need a little more 
flash. And, you know, and so they're all unique, right? And so it is a similar, I mean, not to make it so simple, but it really is unique. And that is the beautiful thing about homeschooling is we get to offer this boutique education. We get to say this curriculum is perfect for you. Oh, and you, we have something amazing for you, but it's going to look so different than Mm -hmm. what we did for you. But that is what parents need to realize. Just because they buy this curriculum for one child doesn't mean that's the only curriculum they're ever going to need. They very well could throw all of that away the very next year and need something different. And I think it goes back to your goals. If you know what your goals and visions are, then you can look and say, you know what, these curriculums, even though there's three different ones for three different kids, they achieve the same thing. That's exactly right. And it's meeting them where they are and how they learn. And just look at the three of us. We're all yeah. different. And you, I cannot imagine you and I would like the same curriculum. But maybe, Michael Somerville, <laughs> you know, never know. I don't know. know. We, like I don't know. we do like to play. <laughs> but you never know. It's interesting. But yet, we all are thinkers. We all love to explore and discover. Yeah. And have. we all have a sense of wonder about life. The three of us mm-hmm. do. But we probably all got there by learning and three different ways, yeah. right? I mean, you've talked about even how you guys, your college experience right. was probably so different. That's right. But oh, yes. curriculum is like that. It needs yeah. to be going back to flexible. It yeah. needs to be kind of fluid and flexible, right? Uh-huh. Right. Did you say that? So when you're making the right choices, when you're making curriculum choices, it's about choosing things that are going to help you learn yourself, learn your student. And again, the word to dads is, you know, l- encourage that. See that as a positive part of the experience, especially in those first few four years. So should they almost have a little budget item that says trial and error curriculum or something like that? That's you know, knowing that some of this curriculum we're gonna buy, and I've been guilty and we might have opened once. And I would just say, think about any hobby you've ever done where you (laughs) bought your first starter version of whatever it is. Is that the last one that you ever bought? No. Because you're gonna learn along the way. So generally, I mean, use some wisdom, pick something you know, that, that's either flexible or if you're not sure, that doesn't cost you normally, whatever it might be. But, you know, expect to grow into it and and, and look forward to that as so a So where do the they process. start? If you've got brand new homeschoolers, they yeah. don't even know where to start with mm-hmm. curriculum. Even yeah. that word sounds so overwhelming. Yep. What's your best tip of, of uh, where they find good curriculum? Pro tip, I would say... Uh, it depends on how old your kids are. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to have some of the reality check of knowing your requirements. It depends yes. on where you're homeschooling. Okay. Um, you know, if you have no real outside constraints, I would say start with the three R's. You know, start with the basics. Of, what are the three R's for reading, writing, know. arithmetic? Yeah. But then I would say, and a passion of mine is to go beyond that then into what I call the three C's of creativity, curiosity, mm. and communication. So, you know, we get to the three R's are a, are a starting point to go beyond that to help our kids unlock their ability to view the world with wonder, to mm. make beautiful things, and to share yes. that and those experiences with others. So, I- Love that. There you go. The three um, C's. I need that on a painting. Yep. Okay, so the your number four is make time for planning. Make now, time for planning. <laughs> easier said, easier than, said done, than done, Mr. Only a dad could say make time for planning. Well, and dads yeah. should no, be the no. ones. And okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Uh, 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 dads, <laughs> I, I'm going to jump. I'm seizing <laughs> the microphone. Do it. Dads should be the ones to make sure that they make time for planning. Love it's that. our job, men, to defend our wives' schedules against the time wasters. Uh, I draw a picture of four quadrants, the important and urgent, the important but not urgent, the not important and urgent, and the not important, not urgent. And planning is a quadrant two thing. It's important but not urgent. 
and it will get overrun every time by the urgent and unimportant if we don't fight for it and make time. So early on, just again, not normative or prescriptive for us. That was Saturday morning. I tried to send Jess away. I took the kids. We did a Saturday science experiment and tried to give her an hour or two where she could just have some downtime. I love you for that. Well, and that's what I was going to say. I was going to say Mike has really lived this out. He's going to very much be like, you know what? I know you in your head have, hey, you've got the kids. I can clean the house. No. Yes. Go plan. You're going to have a better week if you've really set up your plan and thought about it. Or yeah. even just an hour to read that homeschooling book I wanted to really read because yes. I'm wrestling with an issue. Or to think about, okay, this week something was wrong. Something bugged me. Now let me sit and just think, oh, it was that one thing. If I switch this little, if we start math earlier, then it goes better. If we start it later, no one can focus. You know, those little things that you need to time to just adjust and think about. And so he was so good about being like, I mean, we still do. I do less weekly now, Mm -hmm. but I still, he makes sure there's just that time to plan. And I love that. And I'm going to take it a step further. I know this is planning time, but I'm going to say one of the other things I would encourage for moms to do and dads, since we're talking to dads too here, that you would have time away to not even do any planning time. Just to Mm -hmm. get yourself thinking about whatever brings you joy and happiness and fills you. Yep. Because when you are filled, and maybe it's going on a walk, or maybe it's going to an art gallery, or maybe it's just sitting in Starbucks having a cup of coffee reading yep. a non-school book book. But some of that also needs to be put into your yep. planning time. Time for just you to remember you. Because over and over and over, you will hear me say this, women are losing their identity to motherhood. It is becoming yep. who they are, not a role. And so I would say, men, give your women time, and I'm so glad you're doing this, to just be you. Well, and I've also found that along with that is about what as you what refreshes you as a woman yeah because for some people like for me I love I'll pick like a hobby like business and I'll read a business book that refreshes me yeah and it gives me something to think about it gives us better conversations because yes. I'm thinking of something outside of how to be a mom right but I have friends who what refreshes them is to go shopping with a friend yes you know do that girlfriend time yes. or get the massage or just go for a run yes so it's about you as a mom individually That's exactly right find what best refreshes you absolutely it has to be about you and because God made you as an individual right. first before he made you a wife and a mom. And so you have those passions and uh, things that thrill you yep. that are good to focus on. So anyway, you have something to say. I see you jumping for the microphone again, Mike. I do. And one, the thing I want to say again to dads is, you know, dads, this is a way for us to own our school and our homeschool as well. One of our passions is whole family education. Mm. It, it can be very easy for homeschool to become the mom's thing that she's doing and dad's there providing, maybe supporting, but you know, how much are, is he an active, engaged, involved part in this? And so yeah. this is one way to be more active and involved, just making that time, taking the kids during that time so they can be off there. But there's a million other ways. And, and I think part of our shared vision for our homeschool was I, I wanted it to be our whole family yeah, learning together as a learning unit. Yes. And and so that maybe maybe that goes without saying, but no, you know, I, 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 think I think it's, it's worth saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know that's the other thing I've learned in this is we assume there's so much information out there and that people know some of the basics, but when you're just now starting homeschooling or this is your very first year, you really are clueless. I mean, you're clueless. Yeah. It is a blank slate, and you're like. I don't even know what I need to do right. when you're yeah. talking about, you know, what the law requires or I don't even know where to go to even think about curriculum or I don't even know what is planning time. What does that even yeah. look like? They're not a teacher. Maybe they were a lawyer in another right. life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's it, there's nothing I think is yeah. that should, should be left out. Everything is valuable. All right. Go. So you've got a few more left. 
Space matters. Space. Okay, so I got I to gotta channel my mom for a second. So growing okay. up, my mom had six kids. We lived in reasonable-sized houses, but not massive houses, and she would mo- walk around muttering under her breath, space, the final frontier. <laughs> because she was a diehard Trekkie fan, oh, and so she I would say, it. space, the final frontier. So anyway, yeah, we've learned that you need space to homeschool, yes. but you don't necessarily need space for the things you might think you need. Ah. For example, when we started, we were in a very small house with three kids. It, space, every inch mattered, and so I I think all we had was basically one dedicated bookshelf, and we did our school on the dining room table, which meant every meal we had to fix, we had to clean up everything before we did. Right. Now we've got a little more space. We have a dedicated school room, but you know what? We basically use it like a big closet. Yes. And we, the things we still use are bookshelves. And by the way, they grow, they proliferate, they have yes, a life of their own. They do. You will never hear a homeschool mom ever say, no thanks, I already have enough bookshelves. Yeah. You know, I, I joked with folks, I said, if you have an open floor plan home, you might want to put up a few walls, yes. you know, just so you have a place to put bookshelves or maybe do library stacks, I don't know. So bookshelves are a big thing. A table space, preferably a different space from where you eat, where the kids can work, ideally one that's within line of sight of where you like to do your stuff so you can kind of casually supervise. Yes. And then a couch. Yeah, you know, a couch yep. for sitting and reading with them. And I said, you know, that's for you to sit and read with them because they're going to read everywhere. Yeah. You know, they're going to read over on top of upside down backwards. So, you know, they can read on anything. But for you, you want that place where you can snuggle up and have your reading time with them. So shelves, table, couch. Those are the big things. The other things are nice to have. You don't really need desks. Our kids have desks, but they never do school there. And school rooms are nice. We all love to decorate school rooms and make (laughs) them look beautiful. My school room quickly became a workout room. Exactly. I mean, you know, we just kept moving um, equipment in there and furniture out. And my kids school all over the house. From day one, it didn't even matter. And I would try all different ways with my school room. And it was lovely, but same thing. It became a huge closet. I love that description. You live in the school. Yeah. You know, your kids don't go to school. Right. Live in a school. Yeah. And it, just think about us. I mean, some people like to read on a sofa. Some like to read in their bed. Some I mean, people like to just, you know, work. Like, I like to work in a big comfy chair. That's where I like to write. Sure. I don't like to write think at a yourself. desk or a yeah. table. So just give them the freedom, I would say, too. I remember one mm-hmm. of my sons, he would like to do his schoolwork, and he'd be walking around the island. There you go. And I would be like, what is he doing? I mean, he's reading and walking around the island. Yep. But he was a sensory seeker, and he needed that movement, and that really helped his brain to work. So be flexible with your children, too. Don't be so hung up on they must sit at a desk or they must sit at the table. Let them be them. And that's when their brain will be more open to learning, I would say. Again, lessons we learned. Yeah. And are still learning. And that's right. I'm still learning. I mean, I still every year go, oh, why did I do that? Or maybe I could do that differently. And you're teaching me stuff now. Okay. Expect setbacks. This is really important. This is really important because I don't know what your expectation of homeschool was when you started. I think for us, we sort of thought, you know, that our our genius children would just learn everything that we put in front of them and that we would run hand in hand through (laughs) sunshine sprinkled fields with daisies and and the breeze playing through through our softly undulating clothing as it just rippled out behind us, you know, like the commercials make it look, right? Okay, I gotta interrupt you because somehow of all the families I know, I could see your family doing that. <laughs> that actually, right. I, can, I can imagine right. that. Not how it works. But that's not okay. how it works. All Every right. picnic has ants, people. <laughs> you know, and our kids do not learn. They don't learn in a linear progression. You know, no. if you draw from here to there, it will not be a straight line. They learn in stair steps. They go two steps forward, one step back. Yes. And, 
You know, there is slogging and plotting required. And, Mm. you know, if you guys haven't figured this out yet, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, nothing happens. Nobody, nobody gets anything done. And then you come back from that and it's the middle of winter and nobody wants to push through late January, early February. And so, you know, there are times when it's just, it's hard and life does not respect your school day. There are pregnancies, Mm. there are infants, there's the toddler who won't stop, you know, running through the room and screaming while you're trying to read a book aloud. So you've got to, we've had to learn to expect those and learn how to harness those to learn from them because there are things you can learn from them. So when you're in the middle of a setback, we've learned, you know, don't evaluate yourself too much because you're going to be hypercritical of your own performance. Mm. Wait until you're past the setback. You got a couple of good weeks and then look back on yourself. But in the moment, do look for those pain points. You know, ask yourself, what's not working about this? Like Jess said about, you know, just when in the day we do math. You know, if you do math in the morning, if you do that before reading, it goes great. If you do it later, you know, past that magical hour, it, it's it's done. You're toast. A couple um, of things I always say is, you know, behavior is communication. Yeah. Even I mean, with our children, with even adults, mm-hmm. behavior is communication. And the other, in those moments, our reaction should be curiosity. Mm-hmm. As an adult, let's get curious about what we could What's do differently. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. so it's not a judge yourself, be harsh on yourself. It's an opportunity for you yep. as an adult Absolutely. to get curious yep. and see, okay, what needs to be adjusted. So, yep. Jessica, and, and, oh, Michael's going back. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm a microphone hog. You're the man. Take it. And with that, ask for help. Talk to others. Yes. You know, don't mm-hmm. try to just sit there and solve it on your own, but mm-hmm. open up to people you can trust. And, and invite them to help you out. And this is where reading good books goes in. Um, when we talked about curriculum earlier, I meant to say the dads, the, your wife, listen, your wife is going to spend so many hours researching curriculum. It's amazing to me how much time Jess has invested into mm. that. The one curriculum that I feel is important for me to spend time thinking about is her growth and development, what she's learning, because this is a new career field for her, Yes, right? And if she were starting any other job, you would expect on-the-job training, some kind of a plan, maybe mentoring. And so why should our wives and their careers be any different? Mm. If we want them to to flourish into these super moms, you know, we need to invest the time and energy into making sure that they're getting the OJT that they need, um, especially in their first few years. And that ties Mm. into that planning time as well. So... Anyway, find and, and read good books on homeschool. I love that. I just want to add one thing to the expect setbacks. One thing I was amazed to learn is that my kids, they'd be like whipping along, learning something fabulous. And they're like, this is great. Everything's clicking. And then the next week they'd have forgotten all of it. And I'd feel so discouraged. Where are we going? The times they'd forgotten, I found time and time again is actually prep for another leap. Ah. So when they fall mm-hmm. back... Assuming there's consistency and faithfulness and all sure. that, usually the fallback is a sign that their brain somehow is putting those pieces back together nice. to learn it better. So those setbacks are really... Signals, yeah. They're signals. They're, yes. they're a growth pattern. It's just like all of a sudden your child's eating tons and sleeping, yes. and you're like, what's yes. wrong? You're cranky, and then they yes. don't fit their pants the next week. Right. It's the same thing with learning. I love that. Yeah, I think that's good information. Um I just think so many times we as moms, we feel defeated. And I love that you said that, right? You get discouraged and you've got to always just look ahead. Keep looking ahead and knowing that tomorrow is a new day. I'm a huge Anne of Green Gable fan. And so I always talk about that, right? Always fresh with no mistakes. And I think we beat ourselves up if we don't see them reacting or learning the way that we expect. And remember, our job is not to make them who we think they're supposed to be. Our job is to help them become who God has already Mm -hmm. intended for them to be. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of messy at times, mm-hmm. right? It's oh, not yeah. always going to be this beautiful, yeah. Mother, what ever? next? <laughs> Mother, what would you like me to learn tomorrow? Mother? No, it isn't like that. All right, last one. Remember last who, one. right, yeah. we're the last one. I'm kind of sad already. Well. Remember who you're working for. Yeah, and... Uh, and, and this one can be easy for us to jump to the pat answer okay. of, you know, of course, well, we're working for God, right? Right. But let's get honest and real people for a second. You know, a lot of the time I would imagine that that voice in your head is is probably not, well, what is the Lord going to think of my homeschool when I stand before him on the last day? A lot of the time it's probably, what's my neighbor going to think when mm. she sees my kids running around in the middle of the day? Or, you know, what's that friend going to think who said, you're doing what with your children or that family member? Or, you know, maybe you have the college admissions officer in your head like, and, and you're saying, how are they ever going to get into a school? How am I ever going to convince a college admissions officer that I've taught them enough? Or maybe it's a future boss. You know, who's ever going to hire my kid? if I don't, you know, put them through the normal school. So there can be all those other voices in your head. And we need to remember, we're not working for them. Yes. You know, in our homeschool, we're not working for them. Mm. So who are we working for? Gosh, I I mean, this is a lesson that we're still learning and we still have to continue to teach ourselves day by day. We, We boiled it down to three. Okay. Um, in putting this together, we, we are working in a sense for our children. Yeah. Yep. We're answerable to their adult selves. Yeah. Oh. Right? Oh. Right? Meh. <laughs> yeah. They're, and, That's and a hard I, one, but yeah. They're gonna co- we're we're going to have to talk with them when yes. they're grown-ups about yeah. choices we made on their behalf when they were children. Yeah. And so... That's powerful. We we should have that in mind. Um we're, but we're not just working for individual children. So if our child says, you know, why didn't you train me to be a you know, professional circus rider, you know. Um, <laughs> of all we, things. <laughs> we answer to more than just them. We're also working for our family as a whole. Again, yeah. what do we want our family to look like mm. when our kids are grown and gone? What, what type of a family context do we want mm. our grandchildren to be born into? Um, and how do we, so working with those kind of long range things. And then we are working for God and his glory yes. because every family reflects the pattern, you know, that, that it's made after. And we want to be made in the image of God, both as men and women and then as families. And so even when that's broken, when there's loss and hardship and, you know, things don't go perfectly, we still want to say, Lord, we're, we're trying to reflect you and your priorities with whatever pieces and tools you give us. Mm-hmm. Put those together in a, in a picture that reflects you and your glory for people who are watching, because I think there are a few things that speak more powerfully into the world than a family, you know, that works mm-hmm. together and that loves each other mm-hmm. and that is, is a learning, functioning, thriving, growing unit. So our passion is to see homeschool families thrive and yeah. to see them grow and to see them, see them be able to accomplish what they believe God God gave them to do. And so that's why you mentioned our company. That's why our company exists. We make homeschool curriculum to help them with that. You know, in our own lives, we're using that. And, you know, anything we do, we just, we want to do everything we can to throw fuel on that fire that God's put in people's hearts to be mm. able to to teach their children for as long as that's the right answer for them and their families. So we, speaking of your company, we didn't stop for a commercial break, which we do in most podcasts. I'll say, hey, we're going to, you know, listen to a commercial. So... I want you to tell them about it. It is something that is unique and inspiring. And I know that um, I watch families come into the booth and talk to you guys and get so excited to meet you. So tell them a few, take a few minutes and tell them about your company and what you do. 
I'd love to. So Tapestry of Grace is a it's a classical Christian hands-on humanities program. It really is a humanities program. You know, every every homeschool program has their organizing principle, their you know, their thing. And for us, I would say it's it's understanding and enjoying and exploring what we call the great conversation. Mm. You know, humanity, we've been, all been talking as a people for Millennium about who are we? What does it mean to be human? You know, why are we here? What are we supposed to be doing? What's the nature of good and evil? What makes a good leader? And the humanities as disciplines, history, literature, geography, mm-hmm. church history, writing, are about people joining into participating in and, and commenting on that great conversation. Yes. So, so that's a huge body of knowledge, isn't it? You know, that. And so what we do for, for K through 12 families is we found a way to explore that through a four-year cycle mm. that can involve the whole family. So we call it K through mom, you know, because <laughs> mom is it. learning right along right. with it. So right. True, right. And so we've broken things down. We're classically aligned. We've broken them into four learning levels, grammar, right. dialectic, rhetoric, with grammar broken into upper and lower grammar for the kids who are just learning to read. And what that means is that the whole family can be on the same page at the same time. So if you have kids from, from you know, kids in high school, kids in middle school, older elementary, and even little guys running around, or any mixture in between, everyone can be studying ancient Egypt at the same time or yes. the Civil War at the same time. And, and they, if you're a new mom listening, that is what you want. That makes your life so much easier. And so what we've done is saved mom a ton of time. Now yes. we haven't removed mom from the equation. Right. You know, your your pedagogy, your theory of education, one of the questions that people ask is what's the role of the teacher? We we encourage an active role for the teacher. We assume if you're homeschooling, you actually want to teach your own kids yourself. Yes. So we have an active role for the teacher, but within that, we've done so much of the legwork for you by finding wonderful, delightful whole books, by arranging them, by learning level, by lining them up with what we're studying, by giving wow. you a progression that you can teach through, and then by giving you as many helps and aids as we can to enable you to be the one to guide and direct your students in your homeschool. So we give you a, a pattern and a framework we give you rough cloth and then you cut it and sew it to fit your family and the way that they need to to learn and grow. So So if they want to find you and learn more. Tapestryofgrace.com. Love. All one word, Tapestry of Grace. And we see it as that way because we believe God is weaving a tapestry of history, interweaving Mm. all these threads, light and dark. And we don't downplay the dark threads. I mean, history, if you read it honestly, has some dark moments in it. But we want to engage with them in light of the gospel and and speak God's truth into that as we're teaching it to our students. So God is weaving this tapestry. And at the end of the day, you know, my mom loves the analogy. She says, you look at the back of a tapestry and it's a mess of knots and loose ends and threads and things like that. And it's not till you turn it around on the other side mm-hmm. that you see the pattern. And so we trust and believe that when, when we turn the page and turn the tapestry around in heaven and we see from God's perspective, it's going to be a beautiful picture that yes. God's been working through history yeah. and it's going to be a tapestry of grace. Yeah. So we're exploring that with our kids and with our families. I just wanted to add that for, especially for the olders, we don't downplay the dark. For the littles, we're much more careful what kind of dark you're going to introduce. So instead of them studying deeply about the Holocaust, they're studying inventions in modern history. So let me just put you two on the spot. You were both homeschooled as we finish. We've got to wrap up. But um, would you say that you're perfect because you were homeschooled? Do you see that? Absolutely. (laughs) Right? 
And what about your children? Do you say you follow these seven things? You're going to raise these perfect kids with no mistake, no sin, no issues, no troubles, no. Ab- Tell it like it absolutely is. not. And and you know, homeschooling as well is not the final product or answer. Homeschooling is a means to an end. Yep. You know, the end is that we want, we hope, we trust, we pray that our kids will be delightful, curious, interested people mm-hmm. who can share their thoughts and ideas with others, who love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, who love their neighbor as they love themselves, who love their brothers and sisters in Christ as Christ loved them, who go out and become a blessing in the world. You know, we want to see that be true for our kids, but we can't make that happen. You know, God has to call and move our kids to that. They have to choose that. You know, Moses, when he was preaching to the people at the end of his life, said, I set before you this day, death and life, choose life. You know, and as parents, we can't make our kids choose. We can set before them Mm -hmm. life and death. We can exhort them to choose life, but God's got to move them. They've got to walk in that. And again, homeschooling will not make your kids perfect, and it won't even get them to the point where I talked about. You know, it's it's a lifelong pursuit. It's yes. homeschooling is one of the tools in your toolbox. It's a means to an end. Yes. It's something that can be done with differing degrees of skill. We want to get better at it. We think it's a valuable tool. But, you know, guys, it's it's like anything else you do in your home. Your home is so much more than just your homeschool, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and your family is so much more than just your academics. So much more. And so, yeah. you know, it's it's we want when we talk about a thriving family, a thriving homeschool, you know, it's organic and involves all of these things in different measures. And that's why you, there's no quick answers, you know, and there's no quick fixes. And, and it's honest. I mean, fair to say, just because these things have worked for you. <clears throat> doesn't mean it's going to work for the next person, Absolutely. right? That every person has to to work through it. To and, and, and the point of it being lessons learned is that these are things that didn't work for us. Right. right? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. So we're still right. figuring these things out. Yeah, well, I thank you for taking the time. Well, I know you guys left your booth in the hands oh, of my sweet business partner, Leslie, and you spent time with me. I am so grateful for what you are doing for the homeschool community thank and so for those three girls especially. Well, we're so grateful for you. We really yes. feel like we've learned so much from you and Leslie and your passion you and your ministry. to yep. bring out kids and fact that we hang out at your booth most of the time because the kids just want to play water beads nonstop. I love it. We're excited to get back on the road. We get to see Kathy and Leslie again. It is kind of fun, right? It's like a little reunion every time. Well, I hope you've enjoyed them. Check them out at Tapestry of Grace. And if you're at a homeschool convention, ask to have Michael speak and share his passion with your group. We will see you next time on The Real Kathy Lee. Bye. Bye. See ya. Did you know that I love speaking in front of a group of people? I bet you gathered that by now. If you are looking for a speaker for your women's retreat, your homeschooling event, or an education conference, check out my site, kathyhlee.com. I would love to join you and share my wisdom, maybe some humor, and encourage the people who attend. You've been listening to The Real Kathy Lee. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. To find out more, check out therealkathylee.com. You can download us every Friday on iTunes or your favorite app to listen to the podcast. Hey, if this hot mess can rock motherhood, so can you.